following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Wow, we had some worship tonight, didn't we? Man, 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 beautiful. Lady, 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 beautiful. <laughs> it was awesome. Thank you, Pastor Ricardo, for being here with us and, and filling in a gap that is a big gap when Pastor Randy's not available. And we are so happy that you came to be with us. Let's give Pastor Ricardo and his sweet wife, Jeanette, a wonderful hand. Amen. And then let's give Pastor Randy and Sherry a hand. They made it through COVID. We're so excited. Wow. Wow. It hit them fierce and stayed a while. It just said, we're going to eat dinner with you a few nights. COVID did. Now, I want to tell you something before I get to teaching tonight. I'm going to do something this year I've never done in all my ministry. I'm starting a podcast. I am. Now, now don't get too excited. It may not be that good. But I'm starting a podcast once a month at the end of every month. So there's one coming at the end of this month. Now, if you have friends, relatives, people that love podcasts, I think they're going to like this one because we're going to be talking about upbeat things. Everything will be upbeat, everything. For 12 months, we're going to be talking about the goodness of God and the greatness of God and the awesomeness of God. And I'm going to be interviewing people on that podcast that bring that same intentionality to life. And so it's going to be wonderful. It's not going to be a solo act. No, 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 no. I'll have probably as many as three or four people at one time on the program. We've already got it set up. My first shot, my first shooting is uh, tomorrow. Uh, uh, we're, going to be, we're going to be making sure that I can, I can talk right. No. No, we've got, to, we've, got to, we've got to prepare it so that, so that they will put it online when I put it online. They'll put it online. They don't want some freak coming on, you know. They want to see if, uh, if he's got hair, if he's got any sense, anything like that. So anyhow, we're going to be doing that, so be, be watching for that. Uh, actually, the first one will be shot next Monday, but I want to tell you tonight so you can pray for me, and we'll, we'll, we want to do a great job over 12 months, one a month, one a month. It's going to be fun. Would you stand to your feet all over the house? Give an honor to my sweet wife tonight. I love her. Honor to my children. I love them. All my grands. What a family. What an honor to pastor such a wonderful family in this church also. Thank you for yourself. Clap for yourself a little bit here. Now we have, we've been talking, this is our fourth Wednesday night on legendary prayers and and we preached the first week on legendary prayers, the second week on dreaming big. Last week we talked about praying hard, never giving up. And tonight we're going to preach about thinking long, think long. And I, I, I believe with all my heart that God's going to give you something here tonight that will keep you praying through this whole year. Because 21 days have come and gone and they were awesome and I've had so many people walk up to me and say, Pastor, this 21 days literally has changed my perspective. It's changed my life. And it will. And we're not through. We're going to pray again during the Holy Week. We're going to pray again in the fall. Not 21 days, but we, we try to tithe on the number of days of the year in prayer days. Like 
360, we're going to pray 36, 37 days. We believe in that. And we believe that God helps us with those things and wants us to do that. And besides that, we're giving him our first fruit by praying the first 21 days of the year. And for all you that came and all you that joined online, we thank you. We had a massive group of people praying and I'm honored to pastor a church that does not fear prayer. Amen. Thank you so much. On the screen, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9, troubled but not distressed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed. Galatians 6 and 9 said, be not weary in well-doing for in due season you shall reap if you don't pass out. You're going to reap if you don't faint. Turn to somebody and say, I'm going to help the pastor. I'll be just through just a little after 8.30. You gave me a late start. Thank you, everybody. You may be seated. <laughs> On Vizenso Island in Sweden, there is a mysterious forest of oak trees. Mysterious because oak trees aren't indigenous. They're not native. They're not original to the island. So the origin was unknown for more than a century. Then in 1980, the Swedish Navy received a letter from the Forestry Department stating that the requested ship lumber was ready. The Navy didn't even know it had ordered any lumber. And after a little research, it was discovered that in 1829, folks, the Swedish Parliament, recognizing that it takes oak trees 100 to 150 years to mature, and anticipating a shortage of lumber at the turn of the 21st century, ordered that 20,000 oak trees be planted on Vizingso Island, protected for the Navy. That is what I call thinking long, 150 years. And for the record, the long objector was a bishop of strangeness. He didn't doubt that there would still be wars to fight at the end of the 20th century, but he anticipated that ships might be built of other materials by then. And one dimension of thinking long is thinking different. And prayer is the key to both. Prayer will make you think long and it'll make you think different. See, prayer just doesn't change circumstances. More importantly, it changes us. It doesn't always calm the storm. Sometimes it calms the soul. It doesn't just alter external realities. It alters internal realities so that we see with spiritual eyes. It gives us peripheral vision. It corrects our nearsightedness. It enables us to see beyond our circumstances, beyond ourself, and even beyond time. See, it's not enough to dream big and pray hard. You also have to think long. If you don't, you'll experience high degree of discouragement. Why? Because we tend to overestimate what we can accomplish in a year. However, we also tend to underestimate what we can accomplish in a decade. The bigger the vision, the harder you'll have to pray and the longer you'll have to think. But if you keep circling, it'll come to pass in God's time. God always keeps his word. Speaking from Daniel tonight, yeah, that Daniel, the prophet, the Renaissance man, the lion den survivor, the prayer warrior. Billy Graham claims that the book of Daniel represents the ABCs of biblical prophecy. 
and that the book of Revelation contains the XYZs of biblical prophecy. Daniel's predictions were written almost 600 years before Christ and they were fulfilled so precisely it was amazing. Daniel predicted five kingdoms and they all came to pass. Babylonian empire that lasted from 626 B.C. to 539 B.C. Then the Medo-Persian empire which lasted from 539 to 330 B.C. Then Alexander the Great and the Greeks with Socrates and Plato and Aristotle lasted from 330 B.C. to 63 B.C. Then the Roman empire took over in 63 B.C. and never was replaced by a man-made kingdom. It really disintegrated from within spiritual and moral corruption. The fifth kingdom is God's kingdom. Grace. A kingdom that will never be destroyed. It will never be destroyed. It will never be destroyed. Jesus Christ is the rock of that kingdom. Daniel 10 said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. An angel talked to a prophet. How cool is that? Having a conversation with your guardian angel. Hey, come talk to me, Joseph. Come here. Might be a revealing conversation when we get to heaven, folks. But Daniel got to have a short conversation on this side of the glory world. For some of us, when we get to heaven, it might be a long conversation because some of us kept our angel awfully busy taking care. Come on, get laughing. Come on, laughing. We don't need canned laughter. We need real laughter. I wonder if Daniel talked a little bit about the lion's den, a little side conversation. The angel started with, do not be afraid. They always do. That must be the protocol. The angel reveals the realities of the spiritual realm, not seen anywhere else in scripture like this. We realize that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. The angel reveals three things. Number one, he reveals the importance of praying through something. Not just praying to it, but praying through it. Number two, reveals the spiritual warfare that is being waged beyond our our own consciousness. And number three, he reveals the way prayers are processed. Daniel's prayer was heard before the words passed from his mouth. But it wasn't until the 21st day that he experienced a breakthrough simply because of spiritual oppression, an evil spirit known as the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted the call for angelic backup until the 21st day. Here's a must, a counterfactual question. What if Daniel had quit praying through on the 20th day and not the 21st day? He wouldn't have seen what he saw because he kept praying and praying until. The first thing I want to tell you is persistence does not demand instant answers. When you get persistent, you don't have to have an answer tomorrow. 
Just like the Israelites who circled Jericho 13 times or Elijah who prayed for rain seven times. If you stop praying through before the breakthrough, then you forfeit the miracle. Daniel ranks as one of the most brilliant minds, folks, in the world that the world has ever known. He was a Renaissance man 2,000 years before the Renaissance. And with an unusual aptitude for both philosophy and science, he could explain riddles. He was powerful, folks. He could solve problems unlike anyone in his generation. And no one could dream or interpret dreams like Daniel could. And what set him apart wasn't his IQ, it was his PQ, his prayer quotient. He prayed three times a day. Let me tell you the second thing I know about persistence. It never considers quitting. Come on. I've often said this and I mean this. If you don't quit, you win. I don't care if you're coming in last place. If you don't quit, you win. If you don't quit, you win. If you don't quit, you win. You gotta hang in here. You gotta keep praying. You gotta keep walking. You gotta keep talking. You gotta keep singing. You gotta keep coming to church. You don't quit and you win. He prayed circles around the greatest superpower on earth. And because he got down on his knees, he brought kings and kingdoms to their knees. He didn't pray just when he had a bad day. He prayed every day, three times a day. He didn't just dial up 911 prayers when he was in the lion's den. Prayer was his rhythm and prayer was his routine. Prayer was life and life was prayer. Oh, I'm sure Daniel prayed with greater intensity before the showdown with the lions. But that intensity was a byproduct of his persistency. Everything he approached was with prayer. Challenges, situations, opportunities, every person all that prayerful posture led him to one of the most unlikely rises to power in political history. Watch this. How does a prisoner of war become prime minister of the country that took him captive in the first place? Somebody prayed. Somebody prayed. Somebody asked God and God said, keep praying, boy. I'm bringing you up. I'm bringing you up. I'm bringing you up. Keep praying. Woo. Only God can do that. His ascendance defies political science, but it defines the power of prayer circles. Prayer invites God into the equation. And when that happens, all bets are off. <laughs> Don't bet no more. You're going to win. It doesn't matter where, in the locker room, in a boardroom, in a classroom. It doesn't matter whether you practice law or medicine or music. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do. If you stop and drop and pray, you never know where you will go, what you will do, and who you will meet because God has got people in his hands that talk to him. I never dreamed I'd have this kind of response talking about prayer. Come on, clap your hands and say thank you, Lord, for the power of prayer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's a painting at the National Gallery of Art in D.C. Here's a picture, a larger than life portrait of Daniel in the lion's den. Flemish artist Sir Peter Paul Rubens painted it. Now I want you to check this out, folks. 
That Daniel right there looks bad to the bone. Now I know you all got him pictured as this little old guy, little old shrinking violet, but it looks like he's on steroids here. And those lions don't look interested in biting into that bicep or tricep because they might break a tooth. And how are we to know that he didn't look like that? Because when you pray, how does the enemy see you? Leave it up. How does the roaring lion see somebody that prays? They don't see you as a little old weakling walking into the den. They see you as Tony the tiger. And you got something that they don't want to bite into because they're afraid it's going to get in their tongue and they're going to change their profession. I'm here to declare something to you. There's power in prayer. Come on, clap your hands real big. Power in prayer. His persistent quotient was unparalleled. You can take it off. Look back at me now. All you ladies, look back at me. I don't look that way. He prayed three times a day. Praying through an open window toward Jerusalem. What are your plans today, Daniel? What are you planning today? Prayer. Even when King Darius outlawed prayer, what are your plans today, Daniel? Prayer. He continued to stop, drop, and pray. Three times a day. Few people prayed with more consistency or intensity. What makes his persistence in prayer so remarkable? He knew his dream of rebuilding Jerusalem would not be fulfilled in his lifetime. You've got to get this. He prayed toward the city he knew he would never see with his physical eyes. But he saw it with spiritual eyes. Daniel prophesied it would take 70 sevens or 490 years or what amounted to our 70 years. It, it is possible. Is it possible for a man to dream continuously for 70 years? Yes, it is. Daniel did. And he never stopped dreaming big, praying hard, and thinking long. Prophets do this. He wasn't just looking beyond captivity. Folks, listen to this. He was looking even further into the future of the first and second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Daniel prayed millennial prayers. His prayers and prophecies were the seeds of salvation. We'll reap those blessings until Jesus returns. Daniel was impressive. He knew his prayers would not be answered for 70 years, yet he prayed with urgency. Procrastinators would have been tempted to wait until the last week of the 69th year to start praying. That's true, not Daniel. He had the ability to pray with urgency about things that were not urgent. The third thing I see about persistent people beside no instant answers and no quit, persistent people refuse to make excuses. They just won't excuse. They won't excuse. They won't find excuses and say, well, this is why. They just keep praying through excuses. That's the dimension of thinking long. Draw prayer circles, bring questions. Does God hear me? Does God care? Sometimes silence can be deafening when you're praying. We circle the cancer. We circle the heart condition. We circle the children. We circle the dream. Many times it doesn't seem like it makes a difference. So what do we do? My advice, stop, drop, and pray some more. Keep circling. Circle for 70 years if needs be. 
Let me tell you a little story. My parents taught me to pray when I was a little old boy. Every night before we went to bed, we'd have to bow down and pray, and Mama could pray forever. And I love my mama, and I'm going to see her again one day, and I'm going to talk to her about that. And she's going to say, get over there in your lane, boy. I'm your mama. But we prayed. I remember mom and dad praying, praying, praying at night. Son, let's pray, let's pray. I love the fact that my grandkids get to pray at night. Our kids are teaching their, their kids how to pray, and they pray at night. And there's something powerful about praying before you lay down. It teaches kids a discipline that God's going to be with them all through the night. And as we get older, we realize that we have nights when it's supposed to be day, but we learned as a child that God is still with us through our nights. And God has been through us through our nights as adults because mom and dad taught me how to pray at night. What else are you going to do? Where else are you going to turn? What other option do you have? Pray through it or quit. Really? There's no quit in this church. Our culture overvalues 15 minutes of fame, but undervalues lifelong faithfulness. I wish I, wished I had an angelic choir up here tonight. I wish I had some angels. Oh, I believe I do. I wish I had some angels on this stage here tonight that you could hear them applaud in the fact that you're faithful to Jesus Christ right now on this Wednesday night. I wish you could see them. They're here. They're in this house. And I wish you could see them tonight because they're all around us. We're encamped about with angels all around us because they encamp about those that fear the Lord. And I want to tell you something. They're proud of you today. They're proud of you because... You're not going to quit. You're not going to give up. You're not going to stop. You're going to keep praying. Come on, you're going to keep praying. You're going to keep praying. Our greatest successes often come on the heels of our greatest failures. And our greatest answers often come on the heels of our longest, most boring prayers. But if you pray long, boring prayers, your life will be anything but boring. I promise. Your life will turn into a spiritual adventure it was meant to be. It'd be like the life of Walter Mitty. You won't always arrive where you want to go, but it'll get you through anything that you face. No instant answers, no quit, no excuses. Let me wrap this up. Physical posture is an important part of prayer. Well, let me talk to you about this. It's like prayer within a prayer. Posture is to prayer what tone is to communication. You know, you can tell somebody, I love you, with the right tone, or I love you. <laughs> a little different there, isn't it? And so posture to prayer is what tone is to communication. When I tell my wife I love her, sometimes she has a hard time hearing me because I want her to get closer. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just felt something. I don't know what it was. It just kind of went over me. I'm messing with y'all tonight. If words are what you say, then posture is how you say it. There's a reason why scripture describes and prescribes a wide variety of postures like kneeling, standing. He said, Daniel, stand up. Stand like a man. Fall and prostrate on your face the laying on of hands, the anointing with oil. Physical postures help posture our hearts and our minds. Raising hands symbolizes surrender to God. Raising clenched fists declares victory in the name of the Lord. And when one drops to their knees, we demonstrate our dependence on the Lord. The Israelites praised the Lord seven ways. 
And two of those ways were the word yada and toda. Yada and toda. Yada means to praise him. Say praise him. And toda means to turn your hands inward and receive from him. So when you yada, turn your hands and receive something back from him because God inhabits the praises of his people. Come on now. He inhabits that. Get your praise on. Give and receive. Nothing magical about all this stuff, but there is something biblical about it. Also, there's something mystical about it. When we practice postures ordained in the word, we are thinking long and appreciating the timeless traditions that connect us to our spiritual ancestors. What goes around comes around. What is vogue now will eventually be out of vogue. I need a piano player. I thought I heard somebody. Maybe there's an angel back here. I don't know. What was that, what's out of vogue now will be in vogue someday. Singing hymns is old school now. And some of you don't like the fact that we don't sing hymns. Hang around. Give it time. Things and traditions have a way of circling. They will be cutting edge again one day. One thing we know for sure, Bible traditions never go out of style. They're relevant now. Big prayer still moves a big God. And prayer, and prayer is always in vogue. And so let me wrap this up and tell you simply, persistence is the key to greatness. Be persistent in everything you do, folks. Drawing cir prayer circles is a lot like climbing a mountain. When each prayer, with each prayer, there's a small change in elevation. With each prayer, one step closer to the answer to the summit. And the harder the climb, the sweeter the summit. The same is true with prayer. The more you have to pray, the more satisfying it is spiritually. And often the more glory God gets. Too often we approach prayer in an ASAP fashion. As soon as possible, God. But prayer, hear me now, must become a lifestyle. A lifestyle. ASAP prayers have been vogue. We need a paradigm shift though. We need to pray until. Pray until God receives all the glory. We need to pray until. No more looking for the path of least resistance, but the path of greatest glory. The prayer that saved the first, that first generation hit the bullseye the first time. Honey refined his quest, request twice, not for such rain. He said, have I prayed? You remember me talking about him four weeks ago? Not for this rain. He wasn't satisfied with a sprinkle. Then when the torrential downpour came, he wasn't satisfied with the downpour. It took three attempts to spell out exactly what he wanted the reign of your favor and your blessing and your graciousness. And Honey drew a circle in the sand, then he drew a circle within a circle within a circle. And God gave him the reign that he wanted. So what I'm asking you to do is take your Bible and keep circling promises. Start praying the Bible, start circling things in your Bible and understand, understand this, that you never stop praying. We sang a song, he never stops working. And he's not going to stop working. Because we're not going to stop praying. I've had people walk up to me tonight. and I'll have people walk up to me Sunday. Pastor, I wish we could do this 365 days a year. 
And you know what? I wish we could. But I understand that there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that have to happen for it to happen at the church. But listen to me. You that have that kind of heart, I'm believing you're going to pray 365 days a year. I'm believing you're going to pray that kind of praying because you know what? We don't need to take weeks off. We need to talk to him every day. After all, he's our best friend. And we need to talk to him. Besides, who can, who can create things like him? Who can make things come together like him? So I, I want to put two pictures of two persistent things in my world. My brother had a bulldog just like that. He was an ugly dog, but he was an amazing dog. That's a picture of persistence. A bulldog grip. Look at that face. If you don't love that face, you don't love nothing. You don't love nothing if you don't love that face. And then look at this bird dog over here. Look at that right paw. He's already got, he's ready. He's got him a quail spotted. And all he does when you take him out of his cage is hunt. That's all he does. And all this and does when you take him out of his cage is look mean. <laughs> but they're both pictures of persistence to me. A bulldog and a bird dog. And I could tell you stories of both of them tonight, but I don't have time. But I want to ask you something. Do you have that kind of persistence? When you get up in the morning, are you hunting for things from God? Are you searching for things from the Lord? When you walk through your house, do you feel like that you can absolutely talk to him about anything? The answer is yes, because he's your God. A woman who was assigned to the Jerusalem Bureau took an apartment over the Wailing Wall years ago. And every day she looked out and saw an old Jewish man praying vigorously. So the journalist went down and introduced herself to the old man. She asked him how you come every day to the wall. How long have you done that and what are you praying for? And the old man replied, I've been here for 25 years every day. In the morning I pray for world peace and the brotherhood of men. And I go home, have a cup of tea and I come back and pray for the eradication of illness and the diseases of the earth. And the journalist was amazed. How does it make you feel to come here every day for 25 years and pray for these things? She asked. The old man looked at her sadly and said, like I'm talking to a wall. And that's not meant to be funny because some people understand that we're not talking to a wall. You can spend 25 years of prayer every day and I promise you your life will be so rich that you cannot believe it because we're not talking to a wall. We're talking to a rock. A rock of ages is what we're talking to. Stand on your feet, receive the word with a hand clap. Come on, clap your hands all over the house.